Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call... I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello and a warm welcome to you from us here at Ausbiz. This is The Call, 10 companies picked by you, two expert guests, all in one hour, Friday the 13th. I didn't realize it's not, it's the 14th uh-huh. of May. I'm Nadine Blaney. And a big welcome to our viewers joining us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. If you're new to the program, we do this every weekday at midday Eastern. I've got two fantastic guests with me, both in the studio today. Super exciting. We've got Rudy Philippek van Dijk from FN Arena. Hey, Rudy. You both got a heart attack when you said Friday the 13th. (laughs) I know, so did I. uh, Going back in time. That'll teach me not to read what's in the prompter. And Claude Walker from A Rich Life. Claude, good to see you here in the big smoke. All right, let's get right to it because this has been an interesting week. So I'd like to just start there because Claude, I mean, is it safe for me to say you've had to hold your nerve this week? Uh, yeah, it's always, uh, I think that towards the end of last year week, it started hitting me that like anything, any of the growth stocks I was holding now, they're all probably going to go down. And so I think the end of last week, maybe the beginning of this week was when I did my last sort of little cleanup. And then, then since then, now I'm trying to put into the head state of just holding my nerve. I don't want to, I don't want to sell my stocks. I, I guess I can see that the momentum's coming out of the growth stocks, but now for the ones I've got, I think my, mainly my plan is to like sort of hold most of them down through however long this period lasts and then hopefully emerge the other side stronger. Well, that is the big question, you know, time. Time yeah. and duration. How well, long do you if, think and well, how significant do you think? Like, was this week, this mm-hmm. rotation out of the growth names, you think a, a line in the sand, the tide turning? I think the tide already, already did turn. Mm. Um, I also think, uh, just, just to pick up on Claude's echo, it's not just uh, the, the growth stocks. This week, everything that had performed, I mean, it could be Aristocrat, could be REA Group, could be NWL, anything that had performed at some stage would, 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 would fall prone to, uh, to, to profit taking. So the market was really cycling into into the laggards, into the cheaper valued stocks and uh, punishing everything that had performed basically. And then for the growth stocks, unfortunately, yes, uh, this can, I think this can, this can last until for the remainder of the year. And um, that's why everyone who asks me, should I buy this one, should I buy that one? My, my, my counter question constantly is, it doesn't matter what price you buy, just make sure you, you can stomach the volatility because this can, this can and probably will go lower. 
and this can and will last longer than uh, than we all than all our patients uh, that we can carry with us. Mm. Is that what you're anticipating? More volatility through the remainder of the year? And what again? You know, you have to think timeframes. You know, are you a long-term investor? Are you, you know, trading for the yeah. short term? And there's so many factors. Yeah, so I think some people are really good at just picking a lane and they stick with their strategy. And I applaud that. Uh, for me, I could never decide it so clearly. So I think that the bulk of my portfolio, not I think, I know for a fact right now that the bulk of my portfolio is long-term core holdings that I will hopefully, and I believe honestly will be holding in five years. But that's only about five or six stocks. I have a huge amount of stocks in my portfolio that I would necessarily, I would potentially get rid of if I saw a better opportunity. And on top of that, during periods right now, when I can see that my portfolio is very growth oriented, I can see that I can see that the zeitgeist is against it. It has been, as we already said, since February was the turn. In January, I was already writing about, oh, there's euphoria, it's making me uncomfortable. Of course, one tends to wait until you actually go over the peak before you act, because that euphoria can take you to ridiculous levels, as we've seen in all manner of instruments. Mm-hmm. And so now we're over the peak, I'm going to keep that core group because that is the long-term investing. That is ultimately the life-changing money. But in the meantime, I've got a short attention span. So I've even started shorting stocks as of Monday again. I started shorting stocks again. So that's sort of how I that's how I deal with it psychologically. It's a lot easier for me personally to hold ProMedicus as it goes all the way down yeah. and then hopefully back up again. It's a lot easier for me to do that if I'm also making money shorting other stocks. Yeah, right. Okay. So that's a bit of a strategy talk where we are at in this market cycle. I noticed you on Twitter being a little bit smug about uh, the likes of CSL, Rudy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you feel like you're bolstered against some of these uh, volatile moves because of those stalwarts, correct? Yes, well, exactly. So I have a portfolio which is a little bit more diversified than Claudius. So I can deal with parts of the portfolio uh, that are being clobbered at times, knowing that the other parts of the portfolio sort of compensate for it. And it's also, it's, it all depends on, on your horizon. It's, and, and again, if they then fall and you see an opportunity, you add more money to them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but yes, it's um, we are all long-term investors as long as share prices go up. <laughs> yeah. And when they start falling, we all start doubting about <laughs> our strategies and our portfolios. Yeah, all right. So that is just setting the scene for the conversation that we'll have today. And I think that uh, zero is an interesting one that we've picked as stock of the day. Uh, I know that we covered this as one of our stocks earlier this week, but that was pre- the update coming from the company yesterday. So I did, you know, don't want to make anybody angry out there, but I thought it was worthwhile because we saw full year profit for zero up nearly sixfold after record subscriber growth in the second half. Operating expenses consistent on the PCP, but flagging integration costs will increase in the year ahead. Today, the brokers are out. Uh, Jeffrey saying it's comfortable with zero's plan to increase spending. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people making sure that Zero must demonstrate it can accelerate revenue growth, growth on its reinvestment. So Jefferies, for one, has a buy rating still, but it's cut the price target to uh, $100.41. Now, I chose Zero because while we're seeing tech names in general coming back today, uh, you know, we've got the likes of Afterpay up um, after, you know, heavy selling this week. Zero, after yesterday's heavy selling, is still down down by more than 4% again. So what is, what does Zero need to prove? Nothing, in my view. 
Um, this is this is if if you follow technology stocks, and I mean there's a whole discussion about which 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 companies actually technology. Well, uh, zero is definitely technology. There comes a there comes a time then we forget this as investors, but they simply have to spend money to grab that opportunity that is out there for them, and and that includes in some cases making acquisitions. That includes integrating acquisitions, but it also includes sometimes uh, developing new products, ramping up marketing, and, and going into new geographical markets. Now, Zero is, is doing all of, all of that. And, and at some point, they, they have to come to the market and say, listen, guys, we're going to spend more money. Now, more money in the short term means their margins next year will not be as good and their profit will, well, they're not profitable as such, but uh, on an operational level, they are. I love um, that, not profitable right? as such. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not on, the, not on yeah. the bottom line, but on operational level, they are. So um, my view is very simple. I'm a shareholder. Um, um, I might uh, buy more. I took a while ago, early in the year, I think it was January, February, I took the view that uh, volatility was going to hit those stocks. So I halved my allocation to, to zero. And I'm obviously looking to top that up at some point. I'm not in a hurry mm -hmm. uh, because, as, as you just heard, this can go on for months and uh, cash on the sideline uh, doesn't fall. Um, but it, in, in, in long term, I, I, I'm, I'm, I remain convinced that this is not another Appen, this is not another A2 milk. This is simply a, a, an interruption in a long-term growth story. Now, I do not know precisely when they will be back on their way to 140, 150, 160. And that might take a while given the, 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 the clobbering they're getting this week, because there's always that, that psychological effect on investors. Oh, that's fallen, now it must be a bad company. It's not. This is, this is basically par for the course when you invest in growth stocks. Every once in a while, they do this exactly. So is zero a case in point for you as well? Uh, I, yeah, so I basically agree with what Rudy said, except there was one interesting thing you mentioned that I sort of think is a great starting point, which is that zero is still falling, whereas all of the other mm -hmm. stuff is, the growthy stuff is popping back up. So the growthy stuff is kind of moving together with the fits and starts rotation, but not zero. It's just going down. So that tells you that basically the results disappointed the market, which you also know because analyst estimates were basically higher above what um, zero achieved. Mm -hmm. Now, for someone who's very attached to what the analysts think and all that sort of, that often moves the market That because that, people are anchoring on what the analysts said and that's what we're seeing. That's why they're going down. Exactly. That, yes. Now, in terms of the greater long-term story, I do agree with what Rudy said, but with one caveat is that um, not everybody would have actually been smart enough to actually think to sell some when it was at $1.40. I didn't. Now, I have a much smaller holding in zero anyway, so it doesn't really matter for me. But I thought this was interesting because in preparation for this um, show, I was looking at zero and then I actually ended up saying to my father-in-law, I think that you're holding in zero, which is his, I think, biggest individual stock holding. I was saying, I think it's too big because if you look at the ARR, it's about uh, 963 million. And then if you look at the market cap, it's almost 20, it's 19.4 times the ARR, right? And the growth is not that hyper growth. Now, it's a great quality company. I agree with what Rudy said. This was a company that has free cash flow. Like in a few years, I bet you it'll be paying dividends. Like it's going to, it's a, such a real business. It's one of, if not, a, it's between that and one other one, in my opinion, for the best stock on the ASX. Mm. I reckon Zero is the second best stock on the ASX. Hence why I own it, even though I think it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. mm. But I do think that it is going to probably come down further because yeah, it's just so expensive on the numbers. It's gross, not that high. For me, I am looking at the question in my mind that I want to do more work on now is when do I start buying zero? Let's say oh, yeah. it does get down. 
But for me now, it's more in the hold. To, it's the hold zone if you have a smallish holding that you're happy to just ride it out. Yeah. But then if it's a big holding, I would say you probably want to trim it because you don't want this one stock is very likely to come down, in my opinion, to have too much of an input. Mm-hmm. Okay, down. you have my question because Scott Phillips, I'll say that from The Motley Fool this week, when we discussed zero, said that he would buy it under $100. You said you're waiting, thinking about buying more. You know, you know what this reminds me about when you ask people, when would you buy CSL? And they say something like at $86. Well, my answer then is you will never buy it. Okay, right? so do you see zero? Claude thinks that it's going to continue to fall. Well, I, 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 below I, there, was, there, was a, there was a possibility, as I said earlier, analysts are now issuing their reports to customers. Customers are going, oh, price target is going down, forecasts are going down. That's, that's the effect that you have today. They, they might as well fall further. I, know, I don't know, but I, knew, I do know at some point, um, given the fact that they all, still like Jefferies, all keeping their positive view, at some point they will find a bottom. I don't know where that bottom is. Mm-hmm. I don't know because, as Claude says, and it's true, it's 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 a, it's a stock that trades at a premium by default. Mm-hmm. So, like, how how long is a piece of string? I don't know. Okay. Right? Only because we have to move on. You're not buying today, though. Yes, I would. You would buy today. Yes. So that is a yes, buy. I, I, I believe you can, even though the share price can go lower. Yeah. But I do not know at what point the share the, the, the share market will, will will bottom. Yeah. And if you if you then have a long term view, then you can buy today. Okay. Uh. I got that, I think. No, we've got it. All right, zero. <laughs> that is the stock of the day. So let's get to uh, the questions that have been submitted by you, our viewers. And uh, the first one's for Terry. This is Hello World Travel. Well, we learned in the budget this week, guys, that we're not going anywhere overseas, at least, until mid-2022, if, if the vaccination rollout goes according to this vague plan that we've got going on here right now. Editorializing there a bit, forgive me, but uh, could you buy into a travel company? Yes, so I own one travel stock. It's not Hello World. Uh, And the reason, so zooming, I guess zooming in on Hello World, uh, I do probably think it's a better option than Webjet, which is a sort of similar business. And now I do think Webjet's a better business. I just think that probably pricing wise, Hello World is better off. Uh, both companies raised capital as a result of the pandemic, which just absolutely smashed their you know, revenues and profits and, and that situation. So these guys are basically on life support until things start, start sort of getting back to normal. Now, that's not too much of a problem um, if their price factors in some of that distress that they are still currently in, basically. So, you know, I think Hello World is a better option from... Um, Webjet, but I still wouldn't buy it myself, basically. Uh, I do think it's interesting enough, so I wouldn't call it a sell. Uh, but as I, I think it's the same thing as I tend to wait until, you know, I want to see the change happen and then by the beginning of an inflection point, I don't necessarily want to completely front run um, or try to front run inflection points that may come in one, two, three years. These guys said that they have sufficient liquidity to main, maintain operations until the end of 2022 or longer. So yeah, they're probably going to be fine, but all it takes is a few things going wrong for them and then suddenly they have to mm-hmm. raise capital again and that dilution that then makes sort of permanent the distress that they're currently in. So I would wait until it's very clear that they're through the other side. There is some agreement and there's some disagreement. Get start with the <laughs> disagreement. Disagreement. I would buy Webjet instead of Hello World okay. any, any time of the day and in the year. Um, just for the viewers and, and what, what Claude says is a very, very common 
uh, view that people have on the share market. But it's actually, in my view, it's the wrong view. They look at stocks and they go like, this one is a little bit more expensively priced than this one at face value. They think so this one, the cheaper one, is the better opportunity. It's actually not. It's the market telling you that this one is the better stock and this one is the worse one in quality-wise and prospective-wise. So I would actually, even if markets open, I would never buy Hello World. Um, very closely linked to the Liberal Party. Um, how, how many ministers today are traveling? I would reckon close to zero. Um, so they almost have to, have to look into the, into the budget to see whether there's some money for them there, for the support. Um, it's just not a good, it's just not a quality company. Right? That's I, long in the show. I have to say, I think that really brings up a good point that I neglected to mention, which is that these guys are so dependent on government travel, which is more likely, in my opinion, to be permanently sort of impacted by what's happened. Like maybe they don't need to travel as much. Yeah. Can they use Zoom? Do they know how to? Can an assistant set it up for them? All of these are questions and that also could negatively Mat 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 Matthias Corman travels, he gets the whole military plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we're, we're straying into to dangerous territory. I can feel it. All right, so that he is there, right? Hello World. <laughs> ARB is the next one on the list. This one's for Max. Hey, everybody, pretty much everybody I speak to loves ARB, and I think... What's, what's not, what's yeah, not to love? That Absolutely. You. Like, how, how long can I sing the praises of this company? <laughs> right? um, I mean, uh, okay, let's, 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 put some, let's have some regrets. In, in the middle of the pandemic, I felt I had to cull my portfolio a little bit. Oh, and, you didn't and, make and, a mistake, did and you? In really? January, I had to re recalibrate my portfolio again because I couldn't just... Uh, calibrated into one direction. I have sold ARB in 2020 and I'm crying every <laughs> night <right? laughs> about it. <laughs> it's absolutely a fantastic company. I mean, um, it's amazing that uh, not, not many more investors um, appreciate the, the quality we have on the ASX. Um, this company will at some, at some stage will have a, will have a slowing period. Uh, it always comes at some point, but um, the big question mark, of course, will be that if we're all going to, to electrical vehicles and to auto, uh, automated driving and all of that, what, what an impact that will have on basically the bull bar and, mm -hmm. and other as accessories. But for the time being, um, they really have the wind in the sails. Um, it's, it's, it's a well-managed company. Um, very, very few things have gone wrong in the recent past. Um, I think you can buy it. Today, 37.96. It's, it's one of those stocks that is always at a premium. And, and you know what? Uh, the, the share price performance over the past decade shows you why that is. So again, that's you not being scared to pay for quality. Yes. Is ARB quality for yeah, you? It is. So I actually thought that Rudy would sing the praise of this. So I did try to think of some of the reasons why it's not perfect. Ah, but, didn't, didn't I just mention it? Yeah. it so easy <laughs> for but me. But the thing is, um, yeah, so like it is great. Worth mentioning as well that, you know, this has a, this is actually a great Aussie long-term story started by, I think, brothers, but certainly... In um, Queensland. Yeah, and, and basically, it's such a cool story because it's 1975 and there wasn't good equipment for their camping trip, their four-wheel drive camping trip, and it was yeah. their particular frustration that they mm. couldn't get the equipment they wanted, which then mm. led to this business, which is an Australian business, which is now global, which is exactly the kind of story that I love to hear. Yes. But the thing I'd say against it is... Right now, we have benefited from like a lot of stimulus, a lot of hot economy, that sort of stuff. And look, that's probably going to keep going for a while, so that's fine. But if you look at their half-year results, their earnings per share was up at more than 100%, right? So if we then take this massively 
not mm. inflated, but this really good profit result that was up 100%, and we double it and say, okay, that's its sort of yearly earnings, then it's still on a PE of 27 and a dividend yield of 1.3%, which is hardly, like that's hardly mm. super low unless that earnings can keep on growing from its mm. already high mm. level. So if in one year or two years, they do have a bit of a dip, as I might expect if they've had this bumper yeah. year of selling their stuff, well, their, their equipment lasts years, right? You don't need to replace it constantly. So in my opinion, see it flattening off, then you might see multiple compression. So my argument against it is basically it's just too expensive based on really good results, which are going to be hard to replicate. Mm -hmm. And so for me, then that would make it a hold because due to the quality reasons, I'd be very uh, hesitant to, to go around telling people to sell some of the top quality stocks on the ASX basically. Okay, that is ARB. Let's go to the third on our list, which is Vita Group, Vita Group. I never know which one it is, VTG no. for Evan. So this was the operator of a lot of those Telstra stores. Telstra has bought back those rights, not, um, you know, and, and it's doing a complete pivot. Hmm. Uh, do you have faith in the execution of the company to do so? Well, there's still a lot of uncertainty. We don't, we, we don't really know. Um, what, what the future looks like, and, and that is reflected in the share price. So I mean, I'm, I'm very simplistic about these things. I mean, um, if you don't know, why would you buy it? What's the reason to buy it unless you, you simply believe that at some point, um, I mean, some new business model comes and, and they find growth and all of that. Um, I mean, the, the share market has so many stories that have so much less risk attached to them that uh, I personally don't see why you would go there. Yeah, so it's a no. Yeah, I th I, it's, an, it's a no for me as well. I do think it's an interesting company though mm. because it, it's a bit of a cautionary tale. Like this thing was flying absolutely high. Actually, in a past role, I recommended it and it was a, I was a bit too slow to, to go into reverse mm. gear mm. once I realized that their business was not sustainable because yes. Telstra could see how much profit they're making from the stores mm -hmm. and they basically eventually said, well, we're actually going to take that profit for yeah. us. We don't really need you. And so it's... It's the turkey analogy. I think that we all know it, but it's like, you yeah. know, the turkey's having a great life. The farmer keeps feeding it, looking after it. It's a beautiful life all the way up until Thanksgiving and it's, and yeah. it's dead. Yes. And so I now yes. don't invest in these yes. Thanksgiving style yes. uh, mm. So the writing was on the wall. It was. And it, the, we always knew, even before Telstra started making sounds about they're not going to renew it or they're changing the terms, we, everyone always knew that they existed but you know, only based mm. on the race mm. of Telstra. Yeah, yeah. And everyone just convinces themselves the stock's going up. I'm saying myself here mm. as well. Mm. It's gonna keep, it's great, yeah, yeah. stock's going mm. up, we're making money, it's so profitable. And they don't wanna believe that actually one day it's the farmers mm. gonna come and, and kill it, but that's what happened. We, we've seen it with other companies as well. We've seen it in, in the telecommunications industry, we've seen it with online lotteries. I mean, if, if there's one, one big customer. Some people think that's a, that's a great thing. Yeah? Don't be the turkey. My example is all. My example is always when I came to Australia, the the, the company that provided the, the gherkins to McDonald's went bankrupt. Yeah? <laughs> and, and you go like, they have McDonald's as a customer. Exactly. McDonald's, yeah. McDonald's knows it. Yeah. They yeah. don't give you margin. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And if you have margin, they will take it away at some point. Yeah. And that's in the share market. You see the same thing. It goes well until it doesn't anymore because the other company goes like these guys are making money way too much huh? yeah. we want some of that back all right that's uh, Vita group for evan now cochlear is next on the list uh has the share price well you know it's got it's about pandemic I think. Yeah. yeah 
Is that a, a reasonable level to buy cochlear? I mean, clearly, if you're looking at this one year chart, you'd want to have bought it mm. back in January, but good enough for you? Um, I, I think I think you probably want to, well, you can buy it here. It, well, I mean, you probably want to buy it a little bit cheaper, I would say. Um, the market is trying to find a, a balance between between the hit they've taken. And, and I mean, they're not the only healthcare companies that, that have taken a hit because of the pandemic. And Cochlear has taken quite a big hit. It's probably going to take another two years before they're back to where they were in 2019, just to give, to give us all a bit of an idea. Mm -hmm. um, but Cochlear has one thing going for them, which, have, which, which sort of applies to a few other companies. If this pandemic is over, probably, their market positioning will probably be much stronger because they are the market leader in that sector. Mm -hmm. They are, after the capital raising last year, uh, no problem with the balance sheet anymore, and they will probably increase their market share. So if you buy it, you have to take that longer term view beyond the immediate. Having said so, um, if you want to if you want to invest in the, in healthcare being hit by by the pandemic, I would I would recommend uh, CSL instead. Uh, less risk for the for the short term, I believe. Uh, but I mean, that's that's my preference. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, there's, um, there's nothing wrong in buying cochlear and, get, and taking the longer term view. The other the other observation is that traditionally it, it traded at a, at a humongous premium towards the market. That premium has completely disappeared now. So if you take the if you take a two to three year view, and we are going to reopen again, and we're going to find a way of dealing with the virus. And Cochlear finds its old footing again, potentially with a larger market share in that market that's still growing, and they're still leading with their products. Then they might get their they might get their premium back, mm -hmm. and then the share price will be a lot higher. So, Claude, would you invest in Cochlear today for the longer term story that is potential? You know, still a potential right now. Yeah. So. The answer is no, but not for the reasons you might guess. I do think that that longer term story is there and that the business can one day justify its current share price. I think its price to earnings ratio based on, again, best guess at the moment would be around 55 or 60. And so that's quite expensive and does put in many years of, of growth into the business. Now, I have no problem with that assumption, that is, that it will grow profits for many years. But what makes takes this off the list whilst ever the current board is in charge, for me, um, is that during the pandemic, they did a large, very um, unfair capital raise, which gave heavily discounted, too discounted mm. shares, mm. disproportionately to... A UK fund manager. Yes, a mm -hmm. UK-based fund manager, Veritas. Those guys minted it. Perhaps Rudy remembers the exact number. Mm. I think they must have made like almost instantly like $90 million or something. Yeah, oh yeah, just minted. And nobody understands why they did it, but yes. And so what mm. people also don't mm. understand is that that money came out of the pocket of the father-in-law investments that mm -hmm. investors that mm. own the shares. It came out of their pocket and it went directly to UK-based fund managers. Mm. Now, I realize that I am in the vast minority of people that care about retail people and that people that are offended by that kind of, in my view, I don't want to call it theft, but it's taking value off one person and giving it to another person. Um, for me, 
No, like mm. never again, because mm. you can be dead right yeah, on yeah. on the trajectory of the business. And that's already, it's already hard enough as an analyst mm. and as an investor to get the business mm-hmm. call right. Mm. But if you're right on the business and then that value that's been created ends up going to a UK fund manager mm. and not you. Mm. Yeah, so there's a broken trust. Yeah, how could fundamentally. you? Fundamentally. There's cognitive dissonance going but, on but they on did, a mass they, scale. But they did, they, did, they did reopen it again for some, they did some with the retail. Yeah, the exactly. Retail. Look, and look, I've had... Other, there's, they're not they're not the only company that has, um, you know, done what was initially an unfair deal and then um, tried to fix it up a little bit after the mm-hmm. fact. And it is better that they try to do that than not try at all. But they did not do anywhere near a good enough job in equalizing that. And the mistake was made as soon as they gave these huge, disproportionate, very discounted fund manager. You can, you, they did not fix that, in oh. my view. And I would not buy shares in the company as a result. It's that and, simple. And that is. Definitely fair enough. I think we all need blockchain, and, and so we can all participate instantaneously. But in the they could have race. done an equal. They're a big enough company, yeah. right? They could have done a non-renounceable rights offer yeah. for what, like Webjet did, like so many other did, mm-hmm. so that everyone, because you've got a good sign, you know, that it's fair when it is actually everyone gets to participate on fair terms. There's sometimes the little companies they can use the excuse oh we went for the simple easy fast thing yeah i mean it, they would probably defend it in the midst of the pandemic yeah, that, needing to raise thinking. capital that, that, in a hurry not knowing what was in the coming pandemic, yeah exactly. but then what does that say if yes. you panic yeah so you if you're buying now you're assuming there's going to be another 10 20 years mm-hmm. of good strong growth yeah. you are also betting that there won't be another crisis that results in massive value transfer to mm-hmm. particular fund managers okay so that bet matters I don't know how to be confident that that won't happen again. Yeah, there. All right. Lots goes into making investment decisions. Definitely. Does does Cochlear watch this program? (laughs) Cochlear's been on this program, on this channel a few times. Maybe send them the link with Claude. No, no, don't. I don't. don't. No, no. (laughs) I mean, it's it's fair. We're here to discuss things in the interest of our viewers. And just my daily reminder, this is information only. This is not advice specific to your circumstances so you know you need to to do your own research and get your own advice even you know angie who's written in to ask about nanosonics will give you our view on nanosonics we're not telling you uh really to go buy hold or sell today but that is the question i was asking i'm going to start with you so a bunch of new products are planned for fy22 but there's a lot of unknowns again with that right so nanosonics yes so nanosonics is one um, company that I own and is actually one of the companies that I already own that I would like to buy more and it's one that I'm targeting to increase my holding of during the current rotation out of tech okay. stocks. Um, you know, so basically, I guess what I one of the sweet spots for me, one of the things I like is a, is a growth business that is not burning cash. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's okay in my book for them to sort of just not make a profit and do everything they can to to grow and as long as you're not burning cash you shouldn't need to have that dilution that that comes in time and time again right now these guys they were you can see that their share price has been volatile and it's been in a bit of a journey in and they are impacted by the um, pandemic because what they do is they sell the trophon device which um sterilizes ultrasound probes now every time it is used they sort of sell a canister that is has the nanonebulant that um cleans it all up, right? Mm. So they have part of their um, business is selling these capital equipment, which of course you need to have, not need, but it's better to have access to hospitals, etc., to do that. And then the second part is they get more money when people do more ultrasound procedures. And when your hospitals 
are overrun by COVID, you are not going in for your, you know, once every two years ultrasound or what, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, so sometimes you need it, but like mm-hmm. if there's a checkup thing, you may not um, you may not need to have the procedures. So basically, stuff gets delayed that reduces the usage, and then and then and it goes down for them. And you've seen that in their results. Basically, there's been like a big dip in in terms of it. Um, now, of course, we're coming out of the pandemic now. America, which is their biggest market, mm-hmm. is probably going to be the, well, not probably, surely it's mm-hmm. the first to come out of it, right? They've got the best vaccines and they've got the most of the best vaccines. So they'll be the first to emerge from this disaster. And that should start flowing through to better results for nanosonics. Now, as you can see, you know, I think I first bought this when it was in the sort of $2 range. Mm-hmm. And that's when I first recommended it as well. And then we've been flat for forever since, since then. I took a little bit of profits on this one when the pandemic started. But mm-hmm. now, as a result of that, I've put that down to a smaller part of my portfolio. And now for me, it's time to buy back in. I bought some shares in this yesterday. Okay. So at $5.23, it is a buy for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I do think, I think what worth highlighting, I do think that Claude's strategy is absolutely sound. Um, you probably uh, minimize your chances for disappointment if you buy the ones that are now on a cheaper valuation than the ones that are on a higher valuation because the share market is in a mood to, uh, to cut everyone that uh, comes above the cornfield here. But I do think that this company still has a lot of risk for short-term disappointment. So the share price can and probably will go lower, I think. Uh, we just published a story this week where uh, analysts were saying if they come out in August, they probably will disappoint. And the reason is uh, that countries in Europe, uh, just in one region, they're just not coping well with this whole COVID. I mean, we complain in Australia that the, the, that the vaccine rollout is not going up to, up to scratch. Try France and Belgium and the Netherlands and Germany and all of that. So these guys are very much dependent on governments getting it right. Yeah? And, and, and that's, that's their weakness at this point in time. Having said so, if you, again, if you take, let's say, a five-year view on this company, then probably you're going to look back and you're going to think this today's share price is a steal. So this, again, about what kind of investor are you and can you stomach the fact that you're buying something? This is a high-quality company, by the way. This is a very high-quality company. It just is a victim of, of COVID at, mm-hmm. at this point in time. Um, the other disappointment is that their, their second product just doesn't seem to be coming. And probably because the situation now, will have to be deferred yet again. Uh, but that I think is out of the share price by now. So yes, you can buy it today, but only if you can stomach the fact that the share price might still go lower. Um, otherwise you just wait until August comes along and you, you take a five year view. And it's almost, I mean, you never say never, but it's very difficult to see how you would lose on this one on the five year view. I think. That's fair, but I really hope one day that we get you on board as a shareholder when it's a bit more mature. I have been a shareholder. I bought at much higher levels. <laughs> oh, I mean, I sold at much higher oh, levels. So I was, I, was, I was lucky I got out. Yeah, right. All right. I like all of the disclosure that's coming today. Great stuff. Let's give the guys a bit of a rest. I'll just sum it up for you now. So the stock of the day was zero. For Rudy, there's nothing wrong with this company, really. There's nothing that it needs to fix. It is just a mere interruption in the longer term growth story. The sell off that we're seeing now, it is a buy. It's a long term buy for him. It is a hold for Claude. He says it is a very high quality company. But if you have a big holding, it is worth selling because the share price could continue to go down. Let's get to the companies that have been nominated by you. For Terry, hello world. This is a never buy, never buy. Uh, so consider it a sell for Rudy. Um, 
he just thinks that it's a lower quality company than Webjet, for example, and it is very heavily reliant on government contracts and spending. So there you go. It is a hold for Claude. He thinks it's better than Webjet, um, but he would buy it at the beginning of some sort of an inflection period. There are just too many unknowns when it comes to international travel in particular and domestic travel as well, really. ARB, it is a buy for Rudy. He cannot sing uh, the praises for this company enough. Uh, yes, it will have a slowdown at some point. Um, you know, think EVs, think about how things will change in the future, but he thinks it's just such a high quality company. Claude thinks, well, what about all that stimulus that has brought forward a lot of the demand for ARB's products? So the growth that it's seeing now will be very hard to replicate, but it is a hold for him because it is, again, a quality company with a great story, which he loves. Vita Group is a no from both. What's the reason to buy? Rudy says there's just so much uncertainty. What's the business? You know, what is the business? And, uh, it's the turkey cautionary tale coming from Claude for Vita Group. All right, Cochlear, it's a, it's a no, a very strong no coming from Claude. And that is because it broke trust with investors. When it was raising capital, it uh, basically allocated a lot of that to a UK fund manager. And it, in Claude's view, just took money literally from the pockets of retail investors. So unless there was a big change in the board, a big change of uh, thinking there, you know, what would it do in a future panic? So Cochlear on that ethical ground is a no for Claude. Um, look, Rudy says you can probably buy it a little bit cheaper. Um, CSL would his, be his preferred pick in that space, though it will likely be stronger post-pandemic. I'm not going to call that a buy for Cochlear. It's a, it's a hold for now. Nanasonics for Engie. Thanks for writing in, Angie. Uh, listen, it is a buy from both of our guys. Not sure, actually, if it's in the pandemic. My producer will tap pandemic mm -hmm. portfolio. I say that word about 50,000 times a day in my everywhere. defense. Is it in the portfolio, Gautam? No, it's not. So it's going in. Nanasonics is going in the portfolio. Rudy has a caveat, though. He says, look, it is very likely that the share price could fall further from here. So if you're putting in the portfolio, you have to have a longer term view, a five year view and be able to stomach some of the volatility that we still might see. Um, Claude would like to buy more, you know, and that's what he's doing. He sees this as the classic rotation opportunity as we see this rotation out of some of those growth names uh, in the sell down that presents opportunities if you believe the fundamentals of the story, which of course he does. So that brought us full circle to where we started the conversation. Um, speaking of the portfolio, thanks to our partner, NabTrade. Um, you know the rules, any of the companies that get two thumbs up or a buy from both of our expert guests on the day we've been putting in, such as Nanasonics today. So here's a look at how we're tracking. Uh, on the one week return down by 2% on the one month return, uh, off by one and a quarter percent. But if you look at the full year to date, we're up by more than 27%. So here are some of the names that have been added lately. Janice Henderson, you guys can jump in if you've got any strong thoughts about these. Um, Smart Group, uh, TPC Consolidated, Gold Road Resources. Uh, this was, yeah, I was on the program when that was put in. Beta Shares Climate Change Innovation ETF Earth also being put in. That was an interesting one because it was a grandfather who wrote in he wanted to buy an ETF on behalf of his grandson. I love it. What a yeah. relation. Yeah. And so that was uh, put in the portfolio because both agreed that that was, you know, some sound thinking for the future. Okay, uh, if you'd like to check out what's in the portfolio in detail, you can go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. 
Folio. Let's get back to business, guys. Can we? Weebit Nano. WBT is the ticker code. This is for Sam. Sam's given us a bit of detail. He thinks it looks like it's pretty close to commercial agreements, which you know the company is saying. He's talking up the board and management being really top class. Uh, you know, talking about uh, just I guess the potential that Sam sees in Weebit Nano. Do you agree that there's blue skies for this company, Claude? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't. I definitely don't agree, put it that way. I don't think that uh, any of the non-technical finance investors, whoever we are, myself included, have any way at all of understanding the probabilities that a zero product, zero customer tech company... Zero, zero revenue? Zero revenue, yeah. Zero revenue from <laughs> customers anyway. I think they get grants or something like that. Yeah. But none of... I'm yet to un be explained by anyone who owns Weebit Nano or uh, what are the other ones, Brainship yeah. or the other sort of pie in the sky. Because this is memory things. technology. Yeah, okay. And Australia doesn't even have um, an industry that does that. So it's not like we have a plethora of other expert experts that are giving their opinions. The experts in these fields are in America and South Korea or or. or the Netherlands. The Netherlands. There you go. Oh, really? They, those experts, are not looking at our mm. companies, right? They're not looking yeah. at our companies and they're not there to say, this makes sense, this doesn't make sense. We have very much difficulty understanding the odds of this. But what we do understand is that they only spend money, they don't make any money, and um, they mm. are basically, you know, if you put in money into all of the companies like this, you would do terribly. Now, there may be one that occasionally does okay. The problem is just because they ultimately will never get enough free cash flow to justify the current market cap, just because that's true, that doesn't mean the share price is going to go down anytime soon. What this share price does is it, it travels with risk on sentiment yeah. and announcements and hype and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And that's going to continue to be the case for the foreseeable future, mm -hmm. right? For the foreseeable future. So if you're going to buy this stock or if you're going to own this stock, I think you're probably going to get more insight about whether you're going to make profit by thinking about whether people are going to be buying hot stocks or Dogecoin, basically. Mm. Because if the money's going into the Dogecoin, it's mm. not going into Weebit Nano. That is the same pool of money. Mm. So for me, it's an avoid. But, you know, people can trade these things and make money, but for me, it's a void. Yeah, no. No, you're just confirming, by the way, the Netherlands is, is a global leader in, in this sector. And that was because Philips Atomics at one stage was right. uh, quite big in semiconductors and all of that. Uh, I agree with everything that Claude said. Maybe, maybe adding that people often, in particular with these micro-cap stocks, people often invest in the, in the story, in management and everything. But ultimately, you need a business, and the business is has recurring revenues, has customers that stick around, yeah. and and has growth. The, the transformation that companies like this has to have to go through to actually become a business. Let's hope that one day they become something like a like a cochlear or a resmed or something along those lines. But there's a long road mm. to get there, right? And you're taking such an early punt at this stage. Um, Time, yeah. So it's just. There's other places to put your money. Tiny Beans is the next on the list. TNY for Kurt. He says, I love the idea of a parenting application. Parenting is the mm. hardest thing anybody has to face mm. in life. Mm. <laughs> mm. Table full of parents. Mm. But is it a genuine business? So that yeah, goes to well, your that, question. Well, that would exactly. And I would uh, exactly. I mean, this company is not, it's, it, it has customers, but it's not profitable. And um, and I still think they need to, they need to, I mean, 
The fact that you do have a few customers doesn't mean you have a business. I mean, you need to be have a lot of customers and you need to be profitable and you need to be reinvesting in the business and all of that. This company, again, it might look like an attractive story, but I've seen so many attractive stories falling by the wayside over time. Mm. Um, I mean, Microsoft, again, Microsoft never made the best product in the past, but they did become the greatest company in that sector. And, and every time my, my Windows freezes, I have to think about why Microsoft, but it doesn't matter. Yeah? Yeah. They are one of the largest companies in the world. This one has, again, is an interesting story, but does, do they have a business? No. In your view today, you would not be buying it. All right, no. Tiny Beans, uh, is it an e-commerce story? Is it a tech story, Claude? I mean, how do you value uh, a business like this? Well, that's a good question. Uh, so what it is, is an advertising story. So I think one of the mistakes, one of the risks that uh, Kurt or someone looking at this could make is they believe it's a software as a service, amazing yeah. subscription business, and then they start valuing it on revenue. Yeah. Now, the reason people use revenue as a shortcut for software as a service businesses is because a pure software as a service business does generally achieve very high gross margins. Mm. And basically, when they take their foot off the spending on marketing mm -hmm. and development accelerator, you can see profits jump up massively. So people, and it's, and it's not the best habit to get into either, by the way, but a lot of people do it, yeah. myself included, is they look at it as a shorthand of way of comparing mm -hmm. them. And the reason that you might pay 10, 20 times recurring revenue for a software business is because you know one day, hypothetically, they can turn that recurring revenue into a sustainable yeah. profit streak going forward. That is not the case with advertising businesses. You do not go and put a software as a service mm -hmm. revenue multiple on a advertising business because they are not the same. It doesn't deserve it. Advertising, you need to sell every year. You need to make sure mm -hmm. you're, everyone's happy. It's a harder business. It's not a bad business. It's a harder business. So that's, I think, important to understand. Then the other thing is, I really love that Kurt asked, is this a real business? Mm -hmm. And the guy, that is exactly to me, shows the kind of thinking that means that someone will really start making progress with their investing. Um, other people just think it's a share price going up, good story. Mm. You're going to get burnt out eventually because you're getting no edge. If you're actually genuinely trying to understand things better than other people, you can get an edge in these smaller companies by achieving that. Now, I actually slightly disagree with Rudy, and I do think it is a real business. Um, and the reason why I would give it that credit mm. is and these guys basically have enough revenue and cash flow that and they break this out in quite a lot of detail in their announcements, they say, basically, we could be cash flow positive if we wanted to be, but we need to spend a little mm -hmm. more to keep growing. Um, so that's the situation they're in right now. And I actually, looking at the accounts and having followed this one for quite a few years, because it's sort of in my space, mm -hmm. I definitely agree. I think it is a genuine business. And I've owned this in the past, mm -hmm. but here's the catch. I bought it at 50 cents and sold it at a dollar about the current price mm -hmm. a few years ago when it, if we have the five-year chart, yeah. but it went crazy. Yeah, yeah. And that was because it was being heavily promoted as a software as a service business, yeah. which yeah. it is not. Yeah. So be careful of that. Now we've seen the heat come out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah I still think it's too high, basically. You need to value this as um, an advertising business. Think about the profits. And yeah, look, I'd say I would still probably be buying above 50 cents, but not at $1.30, basically, somewhere between then for me. But also... You have to monitor the results. Their revenue was down yeah. heavenly last quarter and they're saying next quarter will be a great quarter. If that is the case, maybe it's worthwhile. But if that's not the case, I reckon it's going a lot lower. Okay, so that is a no for Tiny Beans. Guys, we're just going to have to keep these a little tighter Sorry. just just uh, so we can make it to the end of the list. Iris has been asked by Angie. Don't know if it's the same Angie, but there you go, Iris. So there's a lot still to come. 
in the integration between X-Plan and OneView and mm. Iris. It's something that many in the finance industry use daily. Do you like it as an investment? Is it the bird or is it the plane? Mm -hmm. I mean, people say it's a, it's a technology company. I say it's a financial, financial service provider uh, which uses technology. I, I'm a shareholder in Iris. Um, it's one of those, again, one of those high quality companies. Unfortunately, this one has had uh, margin pressure and that's why the share price is where it is. Um, so it's a good value now. But um, I think at one stage that margin pressure has to stabilize and, and, and when it starts going up again, you will see a higher, much higher share price. So mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm a happy holder here and I think it's, it's still worth buying at this level. And it, it, by the way, because it has derated so much, that's, that's a nice dividend yield as well. Mm -hmm. Iris, technology company? Uh, no, <laughs> uh, the, I'm surprised. I do agree that the dividend yield is looking attractive and that would probably be the reason to buy it. But is it enough if the business is having to grow by acquisition, guiding for pretty sedate growth or whatever, it's still on like 27 times earnings. Investable for sure, perhaps a good father-in-law stock, but I definitely wouldn't be buying it now. Um, just because it seems like it might ultimately be sort of X growth and it's kind of trying to in this struggle stage now where it's sort of trying to struggle to keep it keep its growth mm -hmm. multiple. But anyway, buy it on maybe P15 and I think you're onto a massive winner because it will be around a long time. It has high recurring revenue, so that's nice about it too. Yeah. It's not going to go to 15. No, all right. <laughs> maybe a little higher. <laughs> all right, net wealth uh, for Melanie. What do you guys think of net wealth? NWL is the ticker code. I'll start with you, Claude. Yeah, so it's a similar space. Yeah. Uh, probably I like this one better because I think it is much more in a growth positioning. Um, that doesn't mean I always think that the price is great, but probably this one for me is actually very, very close to a buy. Now, I think that the, the short, a really simple, the really simple reason to buy this thing is that they're gaining market share, mm -hmm. but they still have like less than 3% market share or something very small. There's a small. lot of consolidation going on in that, that industry. It is. And I have a feeling and I don't invest in this market segment because I think the market is overrating these businesses moats and at the moment because what's happening is these up and coming ones are growing at the expense of the old legacy guys that are basically just letting their business die because it's not a focus anymore as I understand it yeah so they're getting they're gaining all the share from these guys who I'm guessing had like fatter margins on it and haven't invested yeah. in it and are letting it die right so the profits going to them but when I think about the end game in this place, everyone's very excited now because you can see the massive growth. To end, the end game to me is that they're all there and then they're competitive and the switching costs are way lower than everyone thinks. I don't know that it's actually that difficult to switch. And when people are clipping the ticket on your money, as mm -hmm. we've seen with ETFs, people start thinking about that. Like, yeah. I don't, I've got a lot of money and I don't know if I want to pay 2% instead of 1% or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there becomes this competition on fees and that's how you end up eventually with Vanguard on this, you know, 0.006%. Mm. Well, I think that's the end game for these guys. They're doing this big yeah. market share grab right now and, and, and the profits are still good. But anyway, Margins that's why future. I avoid it. But I do like their growth. Yeah, okay. yeah. It, it, it comes predominantly through, it's not for people like us, it comes predominantly through yeah. financial planners. And for financial planners, it's, it's heaven because you can just on one platform just yeah, diversify yeah. and all of that. I mean, my preference in that sector is, is Hub24, uh, which is pretty similar. They both have the same prospects. The market is jumping at shadows, I think, because the banks no longer want to pay yeah. them a lot of money. But the growth at this point in time is very strong. It's probably, it's basically the, the, the demise of AMP yeah. and the banks is, is feeding into growth. And these guys should, all else being equal, 
at least a few few more years at the very least. So that's Would why. Would you buy it today though, really? Yes. Okay. That's, I'll, that's, I'd give it a buy why. as well, but okay. with that's the caveat why. being, I don't own it and I'm not yes. going to buy it. No. Yep. Well, that's going in the portfolio. All right. <laughs> so Suncorp is the last one on the list. This is for Peter. So Suncorp, Rudy. Um, you just woke me up. <laughs> My goodness. What do you mean? Um, the grandfather stock, but uh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, this stock has, this company has so much against it that I'm literally, I have to steer, stay awake to finish, <laughs> to finish my sentence. Um, we, we, I recently, we recently added some data on the FN Arena website and you look at those companies and, and, you, and one of the things that stands out is how bad a company Telstra is, by the way. <laughs> and the other thing is how, how wishy-washy a company like Suncarb is. I mean, these guys can't hold their margins, they can't hold their dividends, uh, their revenue doesn't increase every year, which is for, for, for a company that size and in that sector is quite remarkable. Um, I mean, it's a bit of everything and a bit of nothing. And I think uh, what, you wouldn't own it for any other reason than for the, than for the, for the dividends. And, uh, and that's probably the only reason why you, but, but then on the caveat that yeah. it's an insurance company and you never know when the next uh, dividend cut comes around the corner. So right. uh, pretty much for me, be no. no I, I, I'm going to take that as a no. Claude, uh, would your father-in-law want this one? No one, no, no way, no, no way. We it. like, no, no, we, we want to increase our wealth. Um, yes. No, this is a, no, yes. thank you. Uh, pretty much at any price. Look, uh, every time something bad happens in the world, these guys taking it, yeah. right? Yeah. They're going to, in my opinion, I'll, I'll probably live, lo I hope, long enough to see these guys like drown metaphorically yes. and probably yes. literally given the state of like flooding in Queensland. So. Yeah, all right. So in so all honesty, there are worse stocks on the share market, but yes. are much better stocks yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, Peter, that's why I kept that one short. I sort of <laughs> knew that was coming. Um, listen, I'll give a quick runaround of the companies that we covered. In terms of Webit Nano for you, Sam, there's just no way to understand the possibilities or the probabilities. Claude says when it comes to this company, zero product, zero tech, zero revenue. Uh, Rudy is against investing when it's just about a story. It needs a real business. That's a no for Webit Nano. It's a no on that basis for Rudy in terms of tiny beans. He says, what's the business? It's not profitable. You've got a lot of customers, but really what's going on? Claude disagrees. He does see a business there, but it's not what they call it or what a lot of investors expect it to be. It's an ad business. He says it's a no because it's too expensive on that basis. Iris is a no for Claude. Uh, look, passively for the father-in-law portfolio, the yield's pretty attractive, but he thinks it's ex-growth. Rudy disagrees. He's a happy holder, does think about margin pressure, but it's a buy from him. He doesn't mind Iris at all. Net wealth, Rudy would prefer Hub24 in that space, but the growth is strong right now. Uh, the market dynamics may change down the road, but it's a buy today, and it's also a buy for Claude. So that's going in the portfolio. He likes this one actually better than Iris. Um, he, he sees the market dynamics working in its favor right now. But again, the question is what happens down the road. But today it's a buy. Suncorp is a no from both of them. Rudy says it's a little bit of everything and a little bit of nothing at all. There are worse stocks on the ASX. He just said it. Better ones as well. We hope we found you a couple today. Uh, look, guys, huge thanks for all of your insights today, as always. Um, Claude, I wish you well on your Dodge mission. No. Uh, if you guys don't follow Claude on Twitter, he's trying to find some long lost yeah. 
Dogecoin on an old computer. The, the procrastinating 10 years ago actually might pay off. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. We're not going to go down a crypto spiral right now. We don't have the time anyways. Rudy Kulipek, Monday, Captain Arena. Thank you. Claude Walker, Rich Life. Thank you. Thanks. And that's our show for today. If you'd like to flick us an email, you can do so at the call at ausbiz.com.au. We're also, as I mentioned, on Twitter, as you may be watching us right now, at TV. Plenty more to come after this very short break. Thank <laughs> you.